0: And this is the second half of uh, Francie War Stories, uh, Dunderly Day. Uh, the first part I chatted uh, with uh, Libby Connors, author of Warrior, an amazing book about Dunderling. As I mentioned uh, in this episode, I, I have chatted to her in previous uh, episodes, so please go check that out and you know buy the book. Um, you know, there's there's quite a um i've i've been very fortunate that i've um been surrounded by um and been given the time of people who have researched um southeast queensland uh and and the resistance from aboriginal people um i've been very uh, fortunate and very thankful uh, my next uh person who i'm speaking with is ray kirkov um i chatted with him as well, in an in an earlier uh, episode about uh, Multhagarra and the Battle of One Tree Hill um, in the Darling Downs uh, region, um, uh, actually just before we, just before we chatted, um, I was driving down the Toowoomba bypass uh, on the way on my way to my country, Northern South Wales, Moree, and the both times uh, I drove down and back, I was trying to find um, the hill that he was on. Um because there's actually or, or, like there's a couple of mountains uh when you're driving through that that have this sort of flat top that look like that. I wonder if you can see it from the bypass and I'll and I'll ask my guest as well so I can point to, you know, my friends or, or my family who are in the car and I could big note and say, Oh yeah, there's the mountain there. Um, But anyways, I'll bring my guest in. uh, Ray, thanks for um, coming on. Um, And this is the first time I've had two guests on one uh, podcast or one episode, so I'm very excited uh, to be sharing so much knowledge uh, in an episode as well. So uh, thanks for joining us, Ray. Thank you. Um, My first question, which is totally not related, but when you are driving down uh, the... The Toowoomba Bypass, can you see the mountain, like Battle Mountain, or sort of one of the mountains where the commemoration is? Because isn't it, uh, like you commemorate on the opposite mountain
1: to... Oh, well, they commemorate above it, looking at above down at it. it. Oh, okay. It's very it's very obvious, because it's the only mountain that looks like a little volcano.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, got like a flat top, hey? Yep,
1: yep, yes, it's yeah, a flat top, yeah. which was naturally like that. It was grassy. That's why it was called One Tree Hill. It hardly ever had any trees on it. Had one tree uh, on the hill of it. Yeah, well, some of them may have had more, but you yeah, know, know. It never, never had many. It was always grassy on the top.
0: You know, um, well, and
1: it, it's yeah. very, it's very obviously, you know, it, it it looks very distinctive. There's nothing else that looks, that looks so like like a little perfect volcano, mm-hmm. and you, you you do see it when you descend down. Quite, it's usually on your right if you. are Descending
0: down from from Toowoomba. Now, I remember actually driving to New South Wales uh, to Maury actually for Christmas, and my daughter going like she tries to say she says it very cutely. She goes a volcano. So oh, look, there's a volcano. And and I was yes. like, I think that might be the mountain, my darling, so I'm, I'm glad that's I did that right. Uh, so the my one daughter one, actually you showed did. me, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And often, you know, you've know you got to remember that that's part of the dreaming significance because it was so special looking and where it is. It, if you ever get off the top there, you, you've got tremendous views out out all the way, uh, you know, all the way to the scenic rim and along the, the river valley so you could see why it was so important.
0: And which, you know, um, later down the track I want to continue – the conversation of sort of points like that, you know, signalling points, which like, mm. I think we should just dedicate a yeah. whole episode to talking with you and other people who, who have done some stuff around this particular topic um, and especially mm. in the frontier and how that was used very significantly to sort of interact with other mob um, in regards to sort of frontier violence sort of heading their way as well. But um, on the 5th of January, uh, we commemorated Dundalee um, yeah. Over the last almost 10 years, Aboriginal people have gathered at Post Office Square with non Aboriginal people and have uh, looked at honouring and respecting the life and time of Dundali. And especially, you know, this sort of, you know, 1860s, uh, 1840s, 1850s period of time when sort of Dundali had, you know, was running around um, here in Southeast Queensland. Um, I guess, firstly, you know, and, you know, could you tell us about the significance, sort of, of, oh, and and I don't want to sort of single out Dundley as sort of a significant type of person, which I think he is, and I'm sure you'll, you you know, you'll do your best to sort of articulate why he is, um, but around this, it's a very significant time, it's a very changing time, you know, mm-hmm. um, in how. I guess how um, the sort of settler and and, and and like the judicial system, if that's what you call it, um, punishes you know aboriginal people uh, because in the past before that, and, and I and I and I only just found out in this episode when chatting uh, to Libby that uh, the the judge of this one was the same one of of Mile Creek, so I guess there you know was some hesitation I guess around this case maybe in the day to sort of actually find a. Uh, a death penalty or a guilty plea against sort of uh, dundley but you know, could you tell us about the significance of this time as well?
1: Yeah, sure. And I, I first wanted to say too, because some people think, oh, you know, Dundley this is sort of like a made-up uh, sort of uh, uh, significance. But the papers of the time described him as uh, that, that the average people of the day considered him a hero, and that he had a huge influence or, or, on the groups from everywhere from Brisbane up north to the, uh, the Wide Bay. They describe him as a great man. So these were things that were coming from Abu people and from, and that were observed at the time. And that even his enemies, the, the settlers, were saying. So I want to make that clear. Because almost people say, oh, okay. they have constructed this, this, and and no, they didn't. You know, if, if, if you read the papers at the time, it's there in your face. Um, okay, but on the um, on the issue of the importance of the time, and this is this also comes out of some uh, discussions I had with with Libby over the over the years. Um, it's a very interesting period because uh, you've got to remember that, that uh, the Queensland started as a penal colony, and there, uh, there was a, a limit on where people could settle. Uh, and, and people were called squatters because they went outside of that limit. They were basically illegal. And uh, the government was aware of that, and there was a lot of uh, shade thrown on them, and they were considered, you know, well, you're not doing the right thing. But what these, what became of this group is that uh, they became so wealthy and powerful. They started to pressure the government and to sort of uh, be seen as legitimate. So even though they were they were illegally invading Aboriginal land, I mean any well any presence of white people is illegal. But I'm saying even for the time they were considered illegal, they they gave themselves a huge amount of uh, political power. Uh, and by this time, it was reaching that tipping point where they were becoming more and more powerful, they were pushing, they were lobbying, and they were saying that there wasn't enough done against Aboriginal people. They they felt that uh, the the case that happened with Mile Creek where uh, white people were were executed for um, uh, their their actions against Aboriginal people, they thought that was extreme. They kept trying to show uh, settlers as victims and and as themselves as sort of like uh, heroic figures. Uh, and that, so that's the, that's the background of what was happening at the time. And you've got to remember that Queensland at the time, there, there weren't that many people. Uh, Brisbane was a fairly small place and um, there were still many, many Aboriginal people. So it was a very uh, bold thing. It was, it was definitely meant as an example. Uh, the usual practice would have been to have someone like Dundalee sent down to Sydney and then go to the trial and so on. And, and often not much happened. But they deliberately did this to to show an example and and, and to, to show their power. Spark fear into the, the, the eyes and the lives of Aboriginal yes. people. Yeah, definitely. And, because they they felt they weren't in control. And this is the interesting thing. What often gets forgotten is uh, Aboriginal resistance was actually quite successful in a lot of areas. Uh, and they uh, the the white population felt it was, it was like a standoff. You know, like who's going to who's going to have the ultimate power. Um, and a, a, a good example of that is, um, I was looking at this before. You know, uh, w- what actually happened on, on the day itself is that uh, is that Captain Wickham sent his assistant back. He said, he said it's too dangerous. You know, uh, go back, uh, you know, and look after my family, which were back in Newstead House. You know, he told him to, to flee because he himself was worried. He said, I'm worried about what's going to happen. Uh, and that's that's the other reason why they they actually called. Uh, People they called in settlers from everywhere. People that, that's why there are so many reports about uh, Dundley's execution. It's because uh, through word of mouth they, they basically brought in people from all over the place. So the people coming from Stanford, from Wide Bay um, to be there, um, armed and to have a sort of like a show of force. It was basically like a like a rally. You know, uh, they said there was a huge like uh, semicircle of people. Uh, roughly, you got to remember where the um, where the hanging took place. That was where the post office is now but at that time it was a huge open field and that was the jail the, the post office had been the jail it was a mixed jail so you could have women and men there that's why um, dumbley was there and they erected the the gallows right in front and so if you can imagine that that the area that's now sort of Adelaide and Anne Street all the way up to Wickham Terrace uh, almost you know but that was a big field and, and um there there was just a couple of um houses and and uh inns and that sort of thing there uh, and it got filled with people. Yeah, can you imagine that? Mm, mm. And 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 that just around the gallows, they, they had actually took, brought out all the all the constables, so all the police and all the armed forces. So they were surrounding there. So you had all these people w- with arms, and you had all the um, uh, all the settlers with arms. And then up on the hill, where where the windmills, they said there were hundreds of 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 warriors. So they, it was, it was various groups had come up there the protest and they were all yelling and screaming so it was a real uh touch and go about what would happen
0: mm. just on sort of the, the the trial aspect as well um i spoke with Judy mm. as i said just before um and and as mentioned uh, in, in our chat you know in, in the sort of the 10 minutes that we've been talking for uh you've mentioned how it was sort of to be dundley was to be made an example of because of his exploits and this resistance mm. that has been carried out um, here in southeast Queensland for quite some time, and 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 everywhere, like you mentioned, um, but you know the judge involved, I don't know, he, he, he was sort of. He, some would say he's a sort of a progressive judge, you know, that sort of executed white people, wanted to sort of give a fair trial maybe um, here and in Brisbane in regards to sort of some of the, if and if he sort of, you know, dealt with other Aboriginal people as well. Um, I I, I just thought I'd bring that up as well. And, you know, like um, your thoughts on that as well, you know, like.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting because Governor Gibbs at this time, um, I remember coming across this uh, letter about this, which surprised me. uh, Some people's reminiscences that, uh, like he, he, I think what it was is there was like an official line where this was sort of the age of enlightenment where they wanted to be seen to be, um, you know, decent, and yet there was also sort of this, this uh, brutal streak uh, that was emerging because you got to remember Queensland was moving away from being a penal colony and in, into settlement. That means that there were these people that were spreading out into the into the land uh, which hadn't happened before, and they were taking up huge chunks of it with, their, with their cattle and sheep and whatnot. Um, sorry it was a, it was a, the 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 what you say the environment was was changing now now governor uh Gibbs, he was told this and and there's a letter that i've seen of his that, that he underlined you know he was told that look there's trouble brewing and he underlined it's in red, but he didn't do anything officially, but then I found out that he actually unofficially told people to go around armed you know he wanted them to uh you know uh be uh, ready, you know, and be uh, vigilant. This sort of thing, and 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 he sort of gave a sort of a nod to those who actually went around and did some of this horrific stuff. So uh, you you've got all that going on. But what, what often gets overlooked is the fact that the resistance was, was fairly effective. Um, uh, people think, oh, you know, well, what is it? They they burned down a hut, or they um, you know, they killed a few cattle. Well, you got to remember the the where Dundley was operating. That was actually the very edge of the the frontier at that time. Uh, it, it, it's the Cashers, the Youngs, um, the Gregors, They were actually the, the northern edge of where settlement had gone to, and all that was there was their was their um, hut and their run, which is all you know. If you can imagine lots and lots of sheep, or, uh, and they, they all were usually unfenced. So the only way you can actually stop that expanding is to sack the stores or sack the huts. And 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 to drive off the cattle, or um, uh, you know, kill as many, disperse. In many cases, Aboriginal people were actually taking entire flocks and moving them elsewhere, and basically, you know, you know getting rid of the shepherds and then just taking over the flocks. So they were they were um, uh, usurping the um, the pastoral industry, which is you know, which gets incredibly overlooked. But th- but this had a huge effect. I mean, even um, uh, the, the Gregors, they they that's why they gave up part of their property to. Um, pitchy because they just they, they weren't able to handle it a lot of people quit the runs and it's not often um, obvious because they were they, they, they then try to sell it to the next person so it looks like they were still there but in fact a lot of these poppies were abandoned and that was probably the main idea that um, Dundley had was to kind of make it just so miserable that they end up um, leaving mm, mm. and, and the, similarly, the similarly the targeted killing that that's okay uh, uh, libby would, would point out it, it that was a was often very calculated it was payback, but it also had the um the effect of just making white people feel completely unsafe because it's just anyone in the bush i mean there was some at least 12, uh, twelve thirteen people in that period, and it was said oh they, they were somehow related to Dundley's actions, maybe not directly, maybe it's something he helped coordinate but um if you if you look at terrorism in in uh in the world now i mean if you get one or two people knocked off that's scary and if, and if, if there's 13 and you don't know why or when uh, anywhere anytime that's a, that's a great way of getting people to leave you know? mm-hmm.
0: i remember and earlier on in some of the episodes that i've done i believe it was when i was talking to um it was about the Victorian uh, resistance, um, and I remember the when we were having that chat, he, um, my guest, mentioned a couple of times like the, the, oh, I, either he did or I did first, but we spoke about sort of this economic warfare that Aboriginal people was waging uh, on um, settlers and pastoralists and, and and these fa- farmers and cattle station owners. Um, you know, by stealing cattle or sort of destroying crops and all these things as well as a form of sort of resistance
1: as well, um, mm. it was the main form. And and you know, it, it it might seem minor by today's standards but you've got to remember that they were often had thousands of head of cattle or or or, or, um, or sheep, and and that was the main presence of white people at that time. You know, all you had were these huge runs with just one hut. So uh, you know that that was the, the 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 that was the edge of the frontier. It consisted of these these entities. Uh, so you had to kind of do something about those entities if you wanted to stop the uh, settlement, you know, going further.
0: Mm, definitely. Um. And you know, you you spoke about how, um, you know, Dunderley was to be made an example of. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, could you tell us why? You know, like we 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 sort of briefly mentioned about. Um, you know, Dundali held his resistance for quite some time, but he was one of many people, you know. And yeah, I've, I've spoken to you in the past in regards to Maltagara, um, mm. and, and I believe it's his father, Moppy, you know, and yeah. yourself and other people have mentioned uh, Billy Barlow as well. Could you tell us a bit about you know where Dundley sort of fits within this sort of right. large, yeah, sort of,
1: but, uh, yep. yeah, well, we're still doing our best to reconstruct it, and it's difficult, but, but the picture that I've been coming up with and it had a lot to do with the uh, the, the Kilkoi massacre and what happened. I, I mean, it's usually some... You've got to remember that you'd know this. The Aboriginal Australia is a whole lot of nations. So, you know, just like the United Nations, well, there's got to be some reason that they're going to do things together. They're not, you know, they're not going to be in agreement otherwise. And um, it's usually a galvanising event, just like it's been world wars that have brought nations together. The same happened in Australia. Um, there was, you know, a bigger cause all of a sudden. And we know that that happened with the um, uh, the Kilkore Massacre. There was just outrage a lot across a whole uh, chunk of southern Queensland. Uh, the, the, we've got reports of like uh, Dullify, who was the headman for north, um, you know, around Petrie, you know, being very, you know, telling Petrie how angry he was about it. And that, that wasn't, they were people from much further north. But he was, uh, so you can tell that each of the groups was, was thinking, well, this was just beyond, uh, you know it was just insane what had happened at uh, at Kilkoi for the amount of people that had died and so on and and because that had been um uh that news had gone to the bunya gatherings where the all the groups had gathered then there was a a, a whole lot, it seems like the majority we even know i think there's about fourteen of the groups all all said, yeah look you know we 've got to do something um and that that often meant doing st- stuff in their own country, you know, you know, but on the other hand, they did coordinate. We know that because um we, have, we have, uh, the numbers that were involved were often from several groups, and someone mentioned the, the more than one group um we know they were signaling each other, but they we know they also met up and, and decided these things or you know who would do what obviously you're going to do stuff in your backyard easier, um but often they would also do things out of their country because um that was actually harder for settlers to trace. Because then you were—it wasn't the local people that they that they would attack. and they'd have to sort of go much much further out to find the uh, the aggressive. Um, so there was a lot of thought put into this and a lot of um, coordination. And um, we we know that there was there was a whole lot of leaders involved. It's not just not just one or two. Uh, and and that was also why settlers had a, were really uh, uh, nervous whenever there was an intertribal gathering because they knew that they uh, from escaped convicts and that they knew that there was a lot of discussion about well what do we do about the white problem you know and then working out tactics about how to, how to do it and that's something you have to bear in mind too that and Libby brings this up a lot of in her work as well is that often when there's actions it's um because uh, a lot of these leaders knew about what well, suffered happened further down further away and they knew you know, so it wasn't just that they were thinking about well, what's happened within a mile of me. It. It, 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 it's got to do with a whole range of things that are happening in in, in the whole region. Um, and I, I came across an interesting account, which I'm still trying to look into. It was it was written in 1854 by a, um, a, a Sydney man, and he was and he was recalling the, the events of 10 years back, which was 1842 to 1844. So those uh well actually eighty forty five so about he was looking at those three years and saying, "Oh, the whole of the settled areas of australia uh, he called it the uprising from um Morton Bay down to uh, uh melbourne had, had 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 the same experience it was there was this massive increase in um in uh resistance all of a sudden you know uh, I think that was partly because it was also, you know, expanding uh, the partialism, but it does mm-hmm. seem, and he, he made the point that how, how rapid the communication system was, and it might not be that, I'm not saying that the groups up here were all connected to all, the way, all the way down to Victoria, but certainly there was, the information was being passed along, so that um, you had a, a sort of a similar uh, ideas coming across a, a very large area, um, so so uh, he said that for the settlers, it seemed to them as though this was coordinated across the whole of Australia. I'd love to find out if this was the case, you know. And um, I know there were communications that actually went uh, a lot further than we, than we think. Um, but anyway, that's probably some for more research, maybe, you know. Mm,
0: definitely. Um, that's an interesting, you know, point that you make with that as well. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Mile Creek as well, you know, played a played a part in sort of this oh, yeah. resurgence yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Because I remember I was talking to Callum, uh, mm. who wrote "Surviving New England," and, and he mentioned that after you know the execution and, and and you know the justice given, you know, to Aboriginal people, uh, there was you know there was this sort of resurgence and and his uprisings uh, um, in and around the New England area as well. And I'm sure you know um, mm-hmm. as fast as sort of white people told each other. You know, black phones mm. would have done the exact same through their own methods as well. You know, through sort of these signalings uh, that you've uh, that you have well we, we as know, well, we know we know that
1: traditionally that that uh, you know in, in pre-contact times there's there's a lot of uh, accounts of how fast the message system worked. There was a network of runners and and uh, and a smoke signaling and and we have accounts from the explorers that they were just going up the coast and you would see these little smokes going pop poop, pop poop, one long for one hill to another. So we know know that there was a lot of um. Uh, what would you call like a uh, chatter? There was a lot of um, you know, people weren't as isolated as as some of these accounts make out. They they were actually very aware and and news got sort of constantly passed along. Uh, also, you had people would visit you know, and so on. So um, yeah, I think that there's there's definitely uh, evidence of that, and um, and you know. The, and it was and, and the, what I want to get across is the fact that there there was a lot of success with with all of these places these these um the the fact that entire runs had been abandoned like um Dundley was was possibly involved with with the action that was at um uh the eel firm property which is a what's now wide bay now they'd made a, there'd been an attempt to settle there and that that was actually snuffed out for three years now that's quite a long time, you know. And that was um, with um, you know, Cardi people and others and Butler and so on that are up there. Um, so that that was, so you know I'm uh, thinking from his perspective, Dunley's perspective. Well, he had a success there. Um, you know, he managed to do some things in um, uh, uh, around the, the Pine River that have, you know the people that aren't coming there anymore. So there's it, it, it would have seemed to um, uh, all of the groups around there that well it seemed to be working. They wouldn't know that somewhere in a back room, people are reselling that land to someone else. They would, from their perspective, well, there's nobody here, you know. Uh, And in that regard, it it works, you know.
0: Um, Just sort of, we're sort of going to reach the back end uh, now as well. And, you know, like most of the stories that I've done on my podcast when I come to sort of this ending part, it's sort of like the inevitable, you know, like like you know we're seeing in a time when we know that these things have already been carried out you know um and I'd love to sort of sit there and sort of just rem you know reminisce about sort of the actions and the, and the um you know the resistance and the tactics and all these things that happened as well but i think you know as significant as that as well is sort of you know the, the timely death of these figures uh around these times as well um you know um Dundalee was you know a public hanging you know it was very Public, you know, uh, reporters and you know judges and you know people were were, 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 came up from Sydney. Um, You know, more police were called in because the because of the fear of the retribution, you know, from the you know, mm. From, from mm. mob, and I'm sure that happened, you know. Mm. Um, so could, could you, could, you know, tell us a bit about what you know about sort of those last, you know, couple of weeks um, up to sort of, you know, the, the, the hanging, you know, the of Dundalee on, on January 5th?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, there's, there's a lot of reports that, that Dundalee's people were uh, at the time sort of stalking around, you know, um, threatening. Um you know so so people were getting word of this uh there, there was there was sort of robberies in houses and things like that so there there was there was and there, there was a lot of you know basically like what we'd call now today public protest you know um people some people have this idea that Aboriginal people were were not in any way involved in the towns and that 's actually rubbish i mean the a lot of the work was done by Aboriginal people, everything from boating to uh, you know to yard work to you know, messages. So, so if you can imagine that there's Aboriginal people that are coming in to work and, or to sell things, and, and they're pissed off, you know? So there you've got like a whole lot of your working population that's actually making the town function is uh, not happy, you know, and you can tell, you know? You can imagine the state of fear that a lot of Aboriginal, uh, a lot of the settlers had. Uh, you know, they, some, they, they, the council had, the, they were sort of like staying in their houses, um, others that um, you know that that they that the crowd was so huge that they could even see like even from where they they were trying to do their work in their shop that they could see what was going on down down there. And and what struck me is is that there's so many accounts that emerge even like so much later even from other parts of Australia people who remember what happened there. It, it just really marked them um, because it was just such a dramatic. Um, uh, uh, you know, it, it was it was such a, an, an iconic thing in a way. You know, uh, like right in the middle of town, and then that they're going to, you know, a lot of these a lot of these killings used to happen out of sight. But here, um, is is is, is this is this giant of a man in seven sports. You know, a lot of the, the commons say he was, you know, they'd never seen such a striking, uh, you know, athletic uh, specimen. You know, of a booming voice, and and he'd managed to. Um, you know, over a decade of, of of doing all these activities and, and seven years they hadn't even been able to find him. He was actually working a whole year under their noses and they didn't notice. I mean, this guy was really, really clever at what he was doing and they had him there and, and, and none of the, you know, the, the, the local, uh, population, even the interesting thing is there's even accounts that white people were booing at the soldiers. You know, and this this I find interesting. So even a lot of the white population weren't happy with this. You know, they were they were thinking this this isn't right somehow. Um So yeah, I, I think it, I think it was an extraordinary event. You know, uh, and well worth commemorating uh, for more time.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, and um thankfully I've been you know a, a part of what been at. You know, maybe the last five or six. Um, you know. Yeah, bloody hot days or, you know, where the rain has just sort of gone out of control and it's just been, you know, pissing down rain and or it's just been a nice, lovely day. Like, um, it, you know, I've been very, you know, proud and sort of honoured to be a part of these uh, commemorations um, in the past as well. Um, and I think, um, you know, and, and one of the reasons why is, you know, I consider myself, you know, a local or a Brisbane Blacks. You know, I've, I've lived here since I was seven years old. Um yeah you know everything you know my my children are born here as well um you know and 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 for me to sort of know more about this area you know i think you know um it it is what i need to do as well as as well as sort of knowing more about other parts but i think you know um it's best if we sort of start to figure out and learn more about the areas that we live in as well and like you've mentioned in this episode and like you've mentioned we, you know on our chats that we've had over the phone or or via email that Dudley was one of many people in this area who was sort of a resistance a leader or figure in those times as well and um the more we know about this area the more we know about sort of um the the many individuals and groups of people who who fought fearlessly as mm.
1: well and and that and that is interesting to uh, think about too because like his brothers were involved there were people these were people that knew each other, that would have seen each other at, at things like the Bunya gathering. And, I, and you and I just discussed, like you asked me, was there evidence that, that Moppy and um, you know, Maltaga and, and Dudley, well, I said, well, it's impossible. They, they, it's not possible that they didn't know each other because we know that they were at, at camps in Brisbane around the same time. So they would have seen. I mean, unless they were avoiding each other. But, and we also know that they had conferences up, up at the Bunyas to discuss what to do. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they did all know each other. Um, but then they've got sort of different um, responsibilities depending on where they're from, you know. Uh, so that, that's why the, the the war was different in different parts of, of uh, South East Queensland, depending on, you know, like, like Moppy and his lot, they had more of an alliance with a whole lot of the different mountain people and sort of down almost to the border, you know. Um, and the going down, and down. So, so that was kind of his area if you
0: like mm. um, I guess just my last question just to sort of wrapping up um, the importance of sort of commemorating and remembering um, you know Dundalee and, and Moppy, Multagara, you know the uh, Pamoa, Jandamara all of them you know there's many you know Aboriginal people um, that we should you know sh- should do more of sort of commemorating you know um, why is that important
1: yeah, well, um, I, I find it important, and I'm a white person, and I can say this, that um, it, history is an interesting thing. It, it is always, I mean, the most interesting parts of history are usually when there's conflict. And um, it's because, because there's a lot of interest in, in well, what happens when, uh, to put it bluntly, the shit hits the fan. What, what do people do when when the chips are down? You know where where do they stand on things? What 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 choices do they make? And uh, so some of the most interesting stuff that happens is is around that. But but uh, apart from that, sometimes the most uh, like even as a white person, I I find it more interesting what a lot of the uh, indigenous leaders did because sometimes there's there's more values in it. But I don't say that. I mean, it doesn't mean that some white people weren't great either. But it's it's um I think something's a universal and, and you can have heroes regardless of your um your your ethnicity. Uh, a hero a heroic figure is a heroic figure and, and we should never limit that to what our own ethnicity is. We we, we should be um um you know fair enough to see that that, that any community's uh, heritage is actually a joint heritage. We all inherit stuff from a number of communities, a number of cultures. And uh, sometimes it, it's like, uh, that, that's the same thing you have in the, in the States. There's, there's often more interest in, say, crazy horse and sitting bull than, than there is in in, in in Colonel Custard, you know, because why? Because it's, it's um uh, to do something against greater odds is actually more, is braver than to have like the whole barrage of tanks and, and you know, to have it easy. Uh and and that's a human story. Uh, I think these are a really important parts for any person living here. Uh, anyone should should be into it.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, um, and I guess on that note as well, uh, thanks. You know, for joining us. Um, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Um, Thank you. You know, again as well and you know, um I know I'll have to book you in sometime soon as well to talk about um some of the amazing stuff uh, that you've been doing um uh, with Callum and um you know with some other people who I've had on the podcast but then yeah, you know, some of the you know other great stuff that you are doing as well. So you now thanks for coming yeah, on I, and I heard
1: you on. all you all hang out hang out together. I just found that out, which is
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, me, me and Callum, no, no, we're good mates, Yeah. We are, you know, um we, we, we um we come up together, you, you, uh, you could say, um, as well. You know, I mean, we, we, and we both had this vested interest in sort of uh, this time, you know, the, the frontier time, and you know, I guess being, but you know, being too, you know, too young, you know, Aboriginal blokes. You know what I mean? Who. Um, who were activists, you know, like, yeah, you know what I mean? So we were automatically drawn to sort of, you know, similar things as well. And, you know, he was up here you and know, I got to see him before I went back home, so it was good to catch mm. up with him anyways. But, no, thanks. Well, it's,
1: yeah. it's great work you guys are doing, I just want to say, it's been, and it's because now it's in the school, it's really uh, vital work. It's, mm. I, you, you've got to remember there's going to be a whole generations now from this point on that are going to, this is going to be part of their upbringing, which is fantastic. So the future, this is going to be part of the future. That's, that's the wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And thank you for having me. Yeah.